Have you been hitting the books and listening to lectures all day? It's time to relax, to unwind, and listen up. This is Brooke from Campus Chronicles, your go-to podcast for everything student life. No matter where you are in your academic journey, we have you covered. Think of us as a trusted mentor, friend, and confidant who always has your back. We'll be sharing inspiring stories, thought-provoking insights, and practical advice to help you succeed in and out of the classroom. So get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and entertained. I am so, so over the moon excited to introduce you to this absolutely beautiful lady on my right. Her name is Lena Suarez Angelino, and she is the CEO of Light Collective and Co. And we are so, so beyond excited to have her here. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join me. Thank you so much for having me here. It truly is an honor. We are going to have one of the most important conversations I think that we can have around holistic student wellness. Lena, tell me what got you interested in the field of burnout and just take me if you're able through that journey, because I'm sure it's not something you can condense easily. So we're going to have the conversation all throughout this time. But what sparked your initial interest in the burnout conversation? I was always guided to be a helper of some sort growing up, right? And so that's kind of what landed me into the career of becoming a social worker and one of the first times that I ever went to therapy was actually when I was going to school. You know, a lot of our professors were always preaching self-care and make sure you don't burn out and, you know, not overwhelming yourself. But you're a student, you're having a job, you're trying to have a social life. And so I ended up going to therapy to help manage it all. And it wasn't until my first job when I was asking for support and help they were like, oh, you're too young to be burnt out or you're too new in the field to be burnt out. So then I, I was asking for help and I wasn't getting that support. And so that's really what drives the conversation and my passion to make sure that other people are feeling heard in their workplace and in school, that they're not burning out. Absolutely. And I, my sister is actually a social worker. I don't know if you know that about me. So I heard the burnout conversation early on. And when you're devoting your life to the service and to helping other people, I think it's easy to assume that it's your natural nature and that you're always ready to take on more when in reality, you have to create a very intentional space, right? Regardless of the population that you're working with. So you didn't go or really get involved in the burnout conversation until a little bit later in life? Correct. Yep. I think that's the case for most people too, because no five-year-old is burnt out because they're playing in the grass and they're enjoying the sunshine. And that's the little things that we don't do as we get older, especially when we talk about high school or college students. Mm-hmm. You just feel like you're you're kind of in this um, hamster wheel of checking off the to-do list, right? Okay, now it's got I've got class assignments and I've got, you know, cheer practice and this, that, and the third. And so I think a lot of the times parents forget that the and the pressures that we can put on younger students can really lead to burnout as well. Right. And we don't we just think, oh, well, school's your only job that you have to worry about right now. You don't have bills. You don't have to pay rent. But what are we doing? What are the expectations that we're setting for these students? Right. And it's easy to diminish. Right. You know, as we just said, you don't have bills to pay. You don't have car insurance to pay. And it's easy to diminish and say you do this one thing when 
In reality, college students, high school students, they have a lot of responsibilities to worry about. And let's get real. They have a lot of TikTok pressure to worry about, a lot of Snapchat pressure to worry about that we didn't have when we were younger. How do you think that is contributing to the burnout conversation, especially around, let's say you're an 18-year-old girl and you go to college for the first time, or even an 18-year-old boy for that matter, and you're inundated with all of these pressures from new friends on Snapchat and new friends on TikTok. How do you think that is contributing even beyond the schoolwork conversation? I think it's a matter of, you know, how are we staying active, right? How are we making sure, you know, the image that we're putting out there, right? And 18 is such a crucial time in our in our lives where we're trying to discover ourselves. We're trying to define ourselves. We're given a second chance to define ourselves, especially if we're moving away from home for, for college, even if you're, you know, just 30 minutes down the road, but you don't know a lot of people from high school that are going to your college, right? You almost have a second chance of reinventing yourself. So try, you know, I think there's sometimes a pressure of trying to curate who you want to be. But it's really a mask at the end of the day. And what are we able to do to not feel like we're hiding, right? Not feeling like we're, or there's a lot of imposter syndrome, right? And, you know, we talk about imposter syndrome in our career, but it happens as a student too. It happens as, you know, if someone really likes a video, right? The, the concept of, I don't think virality is a word, but becoming viral, but you know, the, this concept and, and this, um, everything has to become a viral piece of, of content that we make, whether you, you identify yourself as a content creator or not, you know, you're, what are you posting on TikTok? Are you posting it for this need to belong and this need for attention and, and, for people to resonate with you or you just posting because you think it's fun and you like the song or whatever the case may be. And then Snapchat is a whole other ball game, a whole other ball game. And, you know, I always describe Snapchat as it's like the, the ghost of expats, right? It's like, you know, everybody from high school are the ones who are trying to add you back on Snapchat. So, you know, I think there's, there is like, there's so much, there's so many layers to it. And, and, especially with those platforms in particular too. So it's, it's a lot. Well, and, and burnout itself, I love that you said layers because whenever someone says layers, I always think of a layered cake, right? And layer one, layer two, we have some frosting and some sprinkles in between. But when we think of the way that burnout is structured, and I know even in my life, I've been burnt out way more than once. It's emotional and then it's social and then it, it bleeds into your academics and it bleeds into you know, your romantic relationships, there's not one area really that burnout doesn't touch. I don't know if you've ever seen The Lion King, but you know where um, Mufasa says the light doesn't touch here. Unfortunately, there's not really an area that I can think of that burnout doesn't impact or touch. I never thought about it, even though I, I've said layers, I've never thought about it in that way and in that visual, right? We talk about how do we take care of ourselves in all of those areas so we don't burn out but thinking of it in that reverse right and you know you do have that the financial avoidance right you know oh we've got bills that we have to pay and and so we're avoiding those and you know we're isolating from our friends and our family and you know then then our hygiene begins to decline right and there's there's subtleties right you know we might skip a day and you know not answer people for a day but then it starts to add up and there is that fine line of symptoms of burnout to the symptoms of depression, right? And so untreated burnout can lead to depression and vice versa. 
So it, there really is so many of those layers. And I always describe burnout as stress is evil older sister, right? And so, you know, it's, it's when stress, chronic stress is repeatedly ignored over and over and over again. So we're, we're kind of dogpiling stress on top of one another, which then leads to that feeling of burnout and depletion. I love that. So burnout's Regina George from Mean Girls. She, she's the evil, evil, evil one. Um, and, you know, we, we look at those movies like Mean Girls. We look at a lot of um, John Tucker Must Die, those type of rom-coms about high school, about college experiences. Legally Blonde, it's a movie that comes to mind. And burnout's never one of those things that is addressed. Even you'll see Elle Woods in a lot of scenes. She's studying. She's working out. She seems like Superwoman. And that's just not the reality for a lot of students, right? So do, how do you think the media's perception or really their lack of showing burnout contributes to students, you know, and young people in general feeling like there's something wrong with them if they burn out? Because I know for me personally, I, you know, was always top of my class, different things like that. When I burn out and I wasn't, it was a humongous identity crisis and almost a who am I if I can't do everything, right? <laughs> it's resonating a lot for me because, you know, even with the accomplishments that I've, I've achieved, even post-graduation, you know, some of them didn't feel hard. So it's like, well, anybody can do them. So like, why? And, and that's a whole different topic of conversation and imposter syndrome and everything, but it fuels it adds to that layer of burnout, right? It adds to that pile of like, well, you're not doing enough or your calendar has to be constantly busy, which time is one of those things, time management of how we can be in control of our burnout and mitigate it. But it's, there is that like internal pressure of like, be busy, work hard, do this, do that. Don't take breaks, right? And so we're in- Especially for a high performer. When we talk about high performer culture too. Yeah. There again, it can touch so many different little little subjects. And so when we think about how media portrays it, it, there is that piece, right? I think we forget that we don't ever see every somebody's day one, right? We just see when they've made success, right? When they've hit fame, when they've become viral on TikTok and and you know, I don't think you go viral on Snapchat, but you know, it it's everybody there's a hero's story right that hero's journey when maybe they are it is that rom-com and you know they're nothing's going right in their lives and you know i'm thinking princess diaries right you know and, and nothing's going right in her life and you know she goes through this whole total transformation and this whole you know fairy tale that it's like well of course you know things she was she got support right and i think in when we switch it back to reality people don't know where to look for support or they are trying to ask for support and they get shut down, or they don't know how, the third one is they don't know how to be open to the support that they're given, right? I think for so much, moms in particular, but I think students as well, you know, we're very quick to say, no, I got it. No, I'm okay. No, I'm fine. And so out of, out of fear that, you know, we're going to look stupid, right? Out of fear of they're not going to trust us with another task or, you know, think that we're capable. And then, you know, or we don't trust them to actually give us the, the support that we need. You know, I think a lot of women deflect compliments. 
We also deflect help in general. And I think that's true for so many people that are students and so many people that are younger because you don't want to be seen as incompetent. You're trying to get highly coveted internships. You're trying to get jobs. You're trying to get opportunities. You're trying to get good grades. And then it becomes, if I admit that I'm having this problem, you know, will they see the holes in my self-image or will they see the ways that I've neglected myself? And so it becomes so much easier to just like we deflect a compliment when we feel uncomfortable, deflect that help too. You know, and, and getting pressure from our peers. Maybe we want to go to our professor's office hours that they have available or they asking a question after class. But if you're getting that pressure to go meet at the dining hall or, you know, to go go out to a party, it's, oh, well, you know, I can't. Or it's at an inconvenient time that that feels uncool to go to. Right. Or you don't. Or you, I remember at our university, the the student success center and like the resume help and tutoring services, they were in a basement. Right. So even just like the way that they were mapped out was like, OK, you go into this like secret corner to go get help. There's something wrong. <laughs> so, you know, like why? Right. Be open. You want students to use these services. So make them more accessible. Make them more more of a normal everyday thing because we get into a workplace that that now we're expected to work on a team and we don't know how to work with one another. We don't know how to ask for help when we need it. Right. And identify, you know, when that little alarm starts to go off of like, okay, I should ask for help now from my supervisor or my manager or whoever, or even another teammate. But I'm asking when it's a little bit too late and now everyone's mad at me, right? Or I feel like everybody's mad at me. But because we don't know how to ask for help in the first place until we become desperate. Wow, that's really profound. And I, I can see the areas that I've done it in too. She's giggling at me, but I was just doing that a couple months ago. So I know that everybody's body, body chemistry is different, right? But what are some of the little, like you said, warning signs or little alarm bells that would go off that would signify burnout, maybe the first layer or maybe the second layer of burnout is starting to happen, right? Can you give me some of the common things you've seen and just keep in mind that everybody's body's a little different? I think there's, I, you know, I'll also disclose this too. I do have ADHD. So I think that, and I've been diagnosed. Um, and so I think that there's a little bit more of a uh, possibility of me getting, getting burnt out, right? Than someone who's neurotypical. But again, in our society where there's so many pressures and so many different areas that need attention, no one's immune. And too much stimuli, too much scrolling, too many advertisements, too much TV, too much. Yeah, too, too, too much. So I think if that's a big indicator for myself is when the environment starts to feel too overwhelming, right? Is the, the TV gets to be too loud or even somebody's like chewing and breathing or, you know, um, temperature change. Right. So if I get super hot, like I get irritable. Um, another big one, I think, is task avoidance. Right. So like that almost like that dread. Right. Like, oh, you know, are you becoming emotional? Right. Are you becoming, over, you know, becoming super upset? Right. Is it taking feeling like it's taking an entire like bulldozer to get you to get out of bed or get off of the couch in order to go get ready for something right in order to start your day and and you know is there just things that are weighing you down that's usually some of those big indicators where I'm like okay like something's gotta you know change or what about 
today? What am I anticipating for the day? You know, I even kind of felt that yesterday. I had a ton of back-to-back meetings and, you know, and it happens, right? Just based on our schedules. And so it's like, okay, I have to remember to not schedule this many meetings in one day because this dread that I feel throughout the day does not feel good. And it's not serving your productivity. Social batteries is a huge part of burnout for me in particular. Super extroverted, super friendly person. But when, like you said, if I'm getting up at nine o'clock in the morning and I have meetings until five o'clock, by yeah, the third or fourth meeting, and in a student's case, this would be the third or fourth class, you're starting to honestly be tired of hearing people talk, right? Because like you said, it's too much to hold. It's too much to carry. It's too much to absorb. I don't think I've ever said this out loud and it's kind of just clicking for me in real time. Want and desire does not supersede the feelings of burnout, right? So you can want to go to all of those classes. You could want to have all of those meetings, but we have to meet ourselves where we realistically are and not what we theorize ourselves to be, right? And what we picture ourselves to be. So it can be an aim and it can be a goal, but it's also probably not sustainable. We're not computers, right? We're, we're in a time where, where AI is, is really blossoming. And, you know, I think I believe that it's helpful uh, in terms of, you know, I think it brings equity to like the neurodivergent workplace and, you know, student life and healthcare. But at the same time, we ourselves are not computers, right? So we have to, we have to remember to unplug and to recharge those batteries, both socially, emotionally, you know, physically. So it's so, so important that we tune into ourselves. It is. And it can be the little things, right? For me, I like to watch American football. So it's okay on Monday night, I get to sit down and I get to watch football and I get to turn off a cell phone or a computer that's constantly dinging and requiring attention. Because I think with having access to our technology all the time, we answer so many messages in a day. We do so much more than we realize we do. And it can be the little most minuscule things. And that over time, that constant plugged inness, I know for me, can really, really bring on burnout. And I know for many young people that I talk to as well, it's just being constantly needed. And I don't think they were ever given the opportunity to know what it was like to be unplugged or, hey, I'll talk to you after nine o'clock at night because my minutes aren't are free after nine, right? We They are not part of that generation to where, you know, you could talk on, on nights and weekends <laughs> unlimited, right? And so now with unlimited data, with unlimited access to to us or that perceived idea of unlimited access to us there is no off button but there is right we just have to set that boundary for ourselves and make sure that we're not skirting around it and you know still checking our phone even though our do not disturb is on because then people get used to just ignoring the do not disturb tell us a little bit more about what you do at light collective and co because we have gone We've gone a little off topic. We've gone with our 2000s rom-coms. So we want to zoom in on you a little bit as you so articulately put it. And I do love the zoom in and the zoom out conversation. So let's zoom in on Light Collective & Co. Light stands for let it go here today. And so it's that reminder, right? It's that reminder to like, we don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to have this like death grip onto everything and the, the moment that we just kind of start to let go of some of those expectations and let go of ourselves, of other people, 
we can just kind of create a little bit more peace, right? So that's kind of where my brain works in acronyms. It's also what how I remember things. So that's that's Light Collective and Co. in its acronym form, but it really hones in on mental health and burnout and really being able to take care of ourselves in those layers of our lives that, yes, maybe it's making sure you have your annual doctor's appointment scheduled, right, before it's too late or, you know, making sure that we are just taking a breath every day, right? It's, it can, it's just those reminders. And so being able to make sure that you feel supported as a student, as a team member, making sure that maybe you are the CEO, you're supporting your team so that you have a a business that is sustainable or it's a school system that's sustainable and feels supported. So that's really, but, but burnout, um, I'm also a special needs mom, right? So my heart really goes out to caregivers and parents and, and educators of children and adults with special needs, because that's a whole nother layer of, of burnout, right? Because there's guilt sometimes in wanting to take care of ourselves when we have to take care of someone else. So, you know, how finding that balance through it all. And so the Light Collective and Co. really kind of encompasses all different areas of where burnout can show up. Because again, we've said it before, it's not immune to just just one person or one type of profession. No, it's everywhere. So if you were going to leave our students with one little piece of advice, some sort of, oh, look at her, she's doing her little happy dance, some sort of nugget that they can store away. I, I like to say, you know, think of a backpack visually. What's a little note card or what's a little nugget that you want to put in their backpack that they're going to take around with them? That it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to be open to receiving that help. And we don't have to just say that we automatically have it and, you know, we don't need the help, right? And so asking for your help and you're worthy. You're worthy of getting support. Well. I think this has been insightful. How do you think it's been? I think it's been insightful. I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of different topics and, but again, it, it just seeps into everything, right? It's see it, you said it before it touches everything. So it's easy and natural for it, it to bounce from topic to topic. And, you know, it, we don't want to ignore it. Absolutely not. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk with me and to share with everyone that's our viewership and our listenership. I know that people will walk away from this episode having, even if it's just turning the radio dial or turning the frequency on how they feel about burnout. Because I don't think or feel that it's something that you get over, right? You can't get over it easily, but if you can even just feel 5% better about asking for help, that is a humongous win in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And the more you practice asking for that help, the, the better it becomes, right? The more confident and less guilty you feel, you know, I think there's always that, I don't want to be a burden, right? So the, the less of a burden you, you feel that you are because you're not. No, not even a little bit. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you, Lena from Light Collective and Co. Thank you, Brooke, so much. And I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me on Campus Chronicles. I hope you found our discussion informative, inspiring, entertaining, and fun. We are always working hard to make sure that our episodes are the very best they can be, which means we need your help. If you liked what you heard, 
remember to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform and drop us a review. It helps us to connect with more students who are hungry for success. And remember, the journey never stops. Keep listening, keep learning, keep growing. See you next week for another amazing episode of Campus Chronicles.